0: Bet365 sponsors StarCast. And with over 45 million members, they're the world's favorite online betting company. Leipzig have a chance to progress in the Champions League this week as they defend one the lead in their second leg against Spurs. Do you back them to get the job done? With Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to build your own personalized bet. Bet365 is the world's favorite on Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. This is Stahlkast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. In today's edition, the Ultras hold a mirror to the truly ugly face of the game. The Bundesliga ignores the coronavirus, but there's a hazardous Borussia derby. Bayern celebrate their 120th birthday with a geriatric performance. And we dry Christoph Biermann's tears as his beloved union are chopped up by Freiburg. With news of Hertha's cooperation deal with a Submarine Squadron, we also ask, are the club plumbing new depths, or is this the start of Dust Reboot? All this and much more in Starcast This week, the Torpedo Man's mates are Christoph Biermann, Jonathan Harding, and special guest Felix Tamsud of Deutsche Welle. Okay, Felix, uh, let's start with you. You've written extensively about... Uh German ultras and their resistance and their protests what did you make about the way things went down this week which is more of a humorous attempt I guess to draw attention to the issues rather than a a real forceful one would that be fair?
1: I think it's also important to point out that the protests last weekend uh, basically changed their focus like from protesting against collective punishments and against specifically against Itmahop, the focus basically has changed to protesting against the DFB's handling of the case. And I think in that in that context, you could actually see that the protests are being taken in a different light. I mean, the language was just as strong. The, 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 the creativity was definitely there. Um, I don't think there was any difference in that sense, but it's just that the focus has moved from a single person to the organisation that is the DFB. Um, I thought the protests from the previous weekend was were generally very creative, um, all within uh, legitimate means. I thought uh, most. I mean, there were a few instances of uh, sexist terms, etc., but generally speaking, um, it it definitely took a turn over
0: the weekend. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Do you think that the ultras feel as if they have won this battle or is it actually a sign of their protest being watered down a little bit now that they're back to uh, not interrupting the game and maybe the authorities and the media finding it easier to dismiss it or overlook it?
1: I mean, I think I think there are two sides to this discussion. We need to look at it, first of all, from the prospect of this particular instance. In this particular instance, I think the general opinion in Germany, I get the I get the, the sense that the general opinion in Germany sort of it's easier for people to identify with the old trust because people you know the, that opinion of like you like the DFPA or the referees etc the authorities have pretty much uh I wouldn't say ignored, but didn't take um, cases of racism and sexism as strongly as they took a protest against a billionaire. It's very easy to market that to the general public. In that sense, I think the ultras definitely uh, are with the upper hand here. I do think, however, that in the general discussion about commercialization of, of German football, where what would German football look like in the future, uh, that's the real fight that the ultras are are having right now, and this is a fight that has been going on for more than ten years. Here, on that front, I think the the ultras better than anyone know that this is a discussion that will we, we we will be keep having in the future. So this fight is definitely one. Uh, and this is the real fight. This is what really is behind those protests. It's not about Dittmar Hopp, it's not about the DFB, it's not about um, um, Fritz Keller or, or Rainer Koch. It's about what sort of football do we want to see in Germany? Do we want to see uh, a football has, that has a fan culture of taking part, a vocal fan culture, a fan culture of, that is all, almost on the border of of, of being basically a fan culture that is a part it itself of the game, or a fan culture that is passive, a fan culture that is being held back, and basically that goes along with everything the authorities dictate. This is the real discussion, uh, and this fight is far from won. And I think you will just know this better than anyone else,
0: Christoph. What do you make of these uh, latest developments? It almost felt to me as if the way that the protests were made were now much more palatable uh, for everyone and. Uh, a sense that maybe almost a patronizing tone adopted to them. Uh, some media comments saying, oh, this is the way to do it. Well done, lads. You know, you can be creative. You can do this without protesting. Um, surely that's probably not what the ultras want in the long term.
2: I, I slightly disagree with um, with Felix because I think right now it's not so... So the, the whole energy... Is not uh, because of the huge cultural battle about how uh, football and how its supporters um, uh, will be seen in Germany in the past, but uh, the energy really came from. Uh, the question of collective punishment, I I think that caused a lot of anger. And what you saw over the week is um, that, for example, the uh, DFL, the German Football League, issued a statement where they were saying that uh, collective punishment is actually not very helpful. And my impression is that most of the people who run German football from the authorities don't really want to change how football is uh, is is made in Germany. So they, with the huge influence of supporters and also with the with the influence of ultras, I think there is here and there and there will be in the future and there was a in the past uh, it's a constant struggle about limits and 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 how much uh, influence supporters gain but but my impression is that apart from some hardliners um, uh, among the authorities most of the football people would agree that the kind of football we are having is actually um, is actually the right way. I
1: think, generally speaking, uh, that 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 Christoph's final line about uh, this is the football we want to see. I think fans or the ultras that I'm in contact with see things a bit differently. They see, they feel like in the last uh, few years, in the last ten years, um, there have been developments that they see as red lines that have been crossed. Uh, in the beginning it was with Hoffenheim, now we have uh, Red Bull. Um, we have all sorts of other developments uh, in the league. Uh, we've had the uh, uh, Chinese under-21s playing in the regional league. Uh, all sorts of things that took place in the last few years that for the ultras they uh, sort of pushed the limits a bit more or a bit, or they push the game a bit further away from them one step at a time. And those are things that uh, many of them are not willing to accept. Yes, the current protest have been triggered by the issue of 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 collective punishment, which is, I think, uh, many ultra see as an important fight uh, moving forward. Um, but the 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 concept of of protests and the idea behind those protests, or the, the cause of the real conflict between um between many ultra groups and the dfb uh, mostly is is basically the issue of uh, there's a there's an elementary mistrust between both of both of those sides and i think this this sort of um the, this lack of trust was sort of reflected very very well in how last week last week's events played out like the the whole discussions between front representatives and the d f b The fact that uh, the DFB asked fan representatives not to publish the meeting, a meeting between both sides taking place, and then it published it itself. They later apologized, of course. Um, This was all a story of basically mistrust. And um, while I have to say that last weekend's events with um, many protest banners, but no game being stopped, I think that that's a good step going forward. That's a step that uh, would allow. Uh, debate and would allow discussion taking place uh, but this lack of trust will still be there in the foreseeable future and it's going to be interesting to see how de- how both sides actually um, basically uh, take this element and and use it moving forward mostly from the side of the DFB.
0: Alright Felix we also want to talk a little bit about the actual football now you are a, a Köln fan um, mm-hmm. Köln again won at the weekend Friday night 2-1 win at Paderborn they're 10th in the table now uh, as a true Cologne fan, surely you already are thinking about the Champions League qualification,
1: right? Champion, um, uh, I, th- I think I think you're playing down our expectations a bit. We we're already thinking of the title celebration next season.
0: Um,
1: no, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a it's a crazy time to be an FC Cologne fan um, on both sides. I mean, uh, the the best example I can give is like the contrast between. Um, two games that I've attended, I've attended many games this season, but two games I think exemplify this difference very, very well. One was in Saarbrücken. Uh, we lost uh, against a fourth division side in the DFB Pokal in the German Cup. Uh, it was the worst football experience of my life. And only a few weeks later, or I think two months later, we played away at Eintracht Frankfurt. We were 2 tun- nil behind and 1-4-2. Uh, the euphoria was something else. And it keep- we're, keep we're keeping on going strong as things look at the moment. It looks like there's a slight chance of us making it to, to Europe, which people start talking about a bit. Uh, but I think being a Cologne fan is a crazy experience, uh, and and I think people sort of take it with a take it like uh, in a funny way and say, oh well, next season will be in relegation battles again, so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun time to be a Cologne fan. Eight wins out of ten. Uh, the derby coming on Wednesday. It's something that many people are looking forward to, especially as Gladbach are looking a bit shaky at the moment.
0: Um, and yeah. Uh, what a time to be alive while we're still all alive yes Um, (laughs) but um, what about uh, Markus Gisdol Um, when he was appointed I must admit and I think I might not be the only one on this pod who was a little bit skeptical uh, about his uh, chances of turning things around what has he done to bring that success back or has he um, played a minor role in this Renaissance. What do you think?
1: I think he plays a, a massive role in this Renaissance. He uh, basically, I, I have to say that among Cologne's fans, the general sentiment was the same sentiment that you've just described. skepticism. Um, but I think what Marcos Gista brought to this side is two are two things. First of all, there's a clear system. Uh, you can see in the way Cologne press, uh, in the way the defence is being organised, there's a very, very, very clear system that for the first time in many, many years, uh, it's also a system that includes attacking football um, and the sort of football that fans love to see, uh, which also brings result, results like it is enough for us. The second aspect that I think not many people uh, give Marcus Gisdol credit for is that he took a bet on several young prospects from uh, the second team and from the from Cologne's youth setup. Uh, be it uh, Katabach, uh, the, the 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 fullback, be it uh, Jacobs um great great players he gave them around in the team when everything was all doom and gloom and everyone thought we were going to be in relegation battles uh and it paid off big time um those two things combined currently make Marcus Gisdol into a real, real fan favourite in Cologne. If you would have told me that when he was appointed, I would tell you, I mean, that's, that's not going to happen. But uh, football is a crazy business. And yeah, Marcus Gisdol had played a massive, massive role. And uh, yeah, on our side of things, long may continue.
0: Well, good luck and thanks for coming on the show, Felix. Thank you ever so much. Do you like beer? Do you like free? How about, you guessed it, free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious, painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash German and cover just a postage of 4.95. Gotta pay the postie. And as if that wasn't enough, as a listener of Stahlcast, you get two extra free beers. So that's 10 free beers. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet earth has to offer. No surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Belgium, South Korea, California, New Zealand and many more but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer52 is that you can leave any the power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award winning craft beer magazine Ferment which explains the theme and individual beers you will receive and a beerish snack is thrown in just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan easy just go to beer52.com forward/german slash German to get your case free and don't forget right now starcast listeners get 2 3 extra beers i think we should start with the bruce derby because that was the best game most interesting game and maybe also the moment, most momentous outcome at least as Dortmund's title chances are concerned. Christoph? A not-so-impressive
2: uh, win by Borussia Dortmund. Uh, they had some uh, shaky moments during the match, but they overcame it and had a very strong finish. So so in the end, it was in, in a way uh, impressive uh, what they did. In a Unimpressively
0: sense, impressive. Yes,
2: very good. <laughs> <laughs> because um, we were celebrating or, or jokingly, Celebrating as Borussia Dortmund for for being so entertaining, but for Borussia Dortmund supporters for sometimes for the wrong reasons, and now in the second half of the season they look more rational in a way. I mean, at least in the you- last two weeks. I mean, the win against Freiburg
3: was one nil. You know, that's a that's a are definitely a hard-working win. And I I think this was much the same. I think uh, Christoph is right to say that it wasn't necessarily the most flattering of victories, but winning these types of games is exactly what Bristol Dortmund haven't been able to do in recent seasons. So being on the right side of this result is important. I think the game was very... It could have gone a number of different ways, though. Uh, I feel, you know, the Zakaria injury, I think, played a big role in the way that Gladbach were playing. Um, there, There were a couple of momentous turns in the game in the way that things... Uh, events in the games could have gone one way or the other you've got to feel like Mbolo should probably score at the end but then you know Harlan should probably do the same it could have been a 3-2 it could have been 2-2 I think for the neutral it was certainly very exciting and in, and in, in for the league in the sense that finally a big game like this lived up to to expectation um, one thing I think that really stood out and I think I feel like we say this every week is that Jaden Sancho you know even if you don't start him he is going to make a difference on the to the game. And in a way, maybe this is a bit controversial, I'll be keen to know what you guys think about this, but I think he is adding a ruthless streak to Dortmund in a way that, you know, Bayern have been famous for, for delivering in recent seasons, you know, when Bayern play teams, you know, you always expect them to win and, and there's this sort of fear and aura around them because they're Bayern Munich. I feel that like there's a bit of percentage now around Borussia Dortmund simply because of, What Jaden Sancho does. Would you would you go so far as to agree with me or do you think that's maybe too generous?
2: Uh, maybe they w- w- what they um, have now um, in the second part of the season, and that especially with um, Emre Can and and Harland coming uh, in, is a as a more uh, solid backbone where the the players like uh, Jaden Sancho can impress the opponents. Uh, but at the same time, Borussia Dortmund is much more stable than they used to be in the uh, before the winter break.
0: I think I agree. I mean, it, it certainly helps those uh, guys up front if they know that they Dortmund will not at any given moment be liable to conceding three goals or more, uh, which was of course uh, sometimes the case early on. But I think you're right um, Jonathan in the sense that when Sancho now touches the ball and he starts raising his right, right arm uh, in anticipation of a dribble people get excited. People get that Robin Ribéry vibe where things can happen at any given moment. But also, I think we should mention um Nazar. He had a, had a great game coming back to his uh, former club, scoring a great goal and beginning to show also a bit more, I don't want to say ruthlessness, but perhaps more efficiency up front, which I think has been missing from his game recently and I think he could be a big factor as well going forward it
3: must have been bittersweet for Gladbach to or or such an odd
0: situation you know you see a
3: player that you effectively nurtured and you know allowed to develop see now excel but against you <laughs> it must have been a very odd feeling I think and you know he could have had a second if Jan Sommer hadn't made arguably one of the saves of the season I think you're right he's He's coming to the fore. I think the one thing about him is I just demand a little bit more consistency. There's no denying the talent and the fact that he spent a lot of his career playing in the shadow of his brother, even though he's been in a different league. I think now he really does have the opportunity, you know, as Christoph said, you know, now that he knows that he's got a slightly more stable midfield and he's got great, a great cast of supporting characters in attack. He's got a great opportunity to really excel and push on and be the reason that Brissie Dutman stay in the title race for as long as possible. But just needs to do it week in, week out rather than one week
0: in four. I completely agree. It could have been more bittersweet even for Gladbach if they'd seen Marco Royce excelling against them once more. But of (laughs) course, he is still still out. And you wonder um, how and where he's going to play. Because in his absence, I think Dortmund have actually found also more stability and a a better overall setup. Well, Well, we'll have to wait and see. Now, Christopher, team that we haven't really talked about this um, on the Stahlcast so far is Freiburg, and I think the reasons for that is that Freiburg just do their Freiburg thing, and it's very, very hard to explain what it is. I, I look at their underlying numbers, and I struggle to to understand why they're always mid-table. They should they should perhaps be lower. Now you saw them very close up and personal. Uh, beating um, Unión at the weekend. Can you enlighten me?
2: Yes, they are a bit of overachievers when you when you look at, at the underlying numbers, but they have a very good team, and for for them, it's a great season. A great season in a sense that they uh, don't have to look into the rear mirror too much. I think they are uh, 15 points clear of the relegation zone now. And uh, uh, so uh, Christian Streich was very relieved. What has changed over over the years at Freiburg? And, and when we talk about Freiburg and Christian Streich, we, 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 t- we t- almost talk about an era or so. After Freiburg uh, went down to the second division uh, several... years ago and came back afterwards uh, christian streich adopted a very a much more how would i say realistic uh, style of football so in the past they always outplayed from uh, behind for example and they uh, changed that a bit so uh, you, you you also see your long ball from here and there they are very good in in uh, in organizing their pressing game and that also impressed uh, union berlin uh, because normally it's one of their uh, strengths and uh, and and they have some some very good good players niels petersen for example he's he's a, a striker that could also play in, in in bigger clubs you have players like vincenzo grifo um, in, in midfield, or Robin Koch, who is an excellent um, uh, central defender, who um, uh, Leipzig wanted to buy for over 20 million euros in, in winter. So you have a mix of individual quality, and uh, and altogether, it's 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 very. It has grown together, and uh, because uh, uh, players uh, work under the same coach for for quite a while. And and still there is a um, a special atmosphere at Freiburg. It's very um, yeah. It's it's a real it's a real team, and I think that also gives them an an advantage of, uh, uh, over better um, opponents.
0: I don't know if tired is the right word to describe Bayern's performance, but they looked a little <laughs> bit pedestrian on the uh, <laughs> occasion of their 120th club birthday. Some making the obvious jokes that. Uh, they played as if those founding fathers had been resurrected on the pitch. I don't think they were quite as as bad. Um, Augsburg fairly decent as well at uh, defending and perhaps on another day escaping with a draw. Um, what did you make of this, Jonathan?
3: Yeah, I think it's one of those classic Bayern games where they may not really have to get out of first or second gear to get the three points. But, you know, you... You can occasionally rely on on one or two moments of brilliance to to turn the tide, and I felt like that was ultimately the difference. In many ways, that did feel like a Bayern of old. You know, I think we've seen a number of games over the last few years where Bayern haven't necessarily been at their best, but have been able to rely on you know, whether it was Robin or Ribery in the past or, you know, against Augsburg, it was it was Boateng and then Muller and, and Nabry and Goretzka. I feel like there are players that you can sometimes lean on that will provide you with inspiration. And I think Hansi Flick does deserve a lot of credit because in that regard, he's obviously got people feeling the best about themselves and in the best mindset to deliver the, the best performance that they can. Um, you know, I thought that a lot of the talk recently, obviously, about Germany and, and Thomas Müller not being in the Germany team and, you know, Mats Hummels, he's also great. There wasn't much talk about Jerome Boating. But I think quite recently, he's probably returning to some of the best form um, of his career. I mean, back in the day in 2014, I remember him being the best defender. Now he's slowly come from a position where Bayern were quite happy to let him go. He seemed want- he, he seemed like he wanted to go Um, he was overcoming a lot of injury problems it felt like Boateng's career was going in a different you know trajectory and now it's almost impossible to think of him not being in this team and the past to Muller was something out of Boateng's 2014 collection you know it was it was fantastic. It was, it was just pinpoint. And uh, it, was, it was, that's the kind of thing that Bayern can, can rely on sometimes when they need just a small amount of difference to win a game.
0: Well, I think that's all we need to know about uh, this particular game. As you said, regulation win for Bayern, which now puts them four points clear at the top of the Bundesliga table. Dortmund now the closest chasers um, ahead of Leipzig, who lost more ground. A 0 nil at Wolfsburg. Is that it, as far as the title race is concerned for them, Christoph? My impression
2: is it's now is uh, it's it's only about uh, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich, and possibly Bayer Leverkusen. Because uh, they are, they have been very, very strong in in recent weeks. They have won eleven of their last thirteen matches when you count in all competitions. So maybe they can sneak in. But what we already discussed some weeks ago, a team like RB Leipzig, they, they need to fly to have a real chance uh, winning the championship in Germany. And uh, what you what we see now is uh, they don't get it flying.
0: Christoph, you. You sound as if you've seen too many Red Bull adverts. <laughs> Not but, so many um, wings. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know I know what you mean. Um, it looks a little bit low on, low on energy uh, at this point. But Leverkusen, the opposite. Another f- big win, 4-0. Uh, Peter Bosch is getting it right. Again, perhaps surprising us a little bit by just how consistent Leverkusen have appeared in this Uh, over the last few weeks and also
2: interesting that he brought in uh, somebody who hadn't played actually before Paulinho a 19 year old Brazilian who had very few minutes before that he came in the starting 11 and and was a big guy at the uh, at the match so a kind of a breakthrough match. I mean, uh, uh, Bayer Leverkusen has a bit of the problem that Kevin Folland, uh, the best striker, is injured. They have Alario, the Argentinian, but now they also have Paulinho, and that's uh, interesting um, that he had a, such a, a great performance.
3: I, I think sometimes it can take players time, you know, to, to settle. You know, you you're absolutely right to, to bring out Paulinho, and obviously Folland's injury has now given him the opportunity to to step up. But, you know, he's, it, sometimes it takes time's, time for players to get used to their surroundings, to a different type of football, to a different country, to to, to a different culture. And, you know, he joined uh, in 2018. So you're, you're talking about a player that has really taken a long time and he arrived with a great deal of expectation. Um, but it was quite, I think it's a masterstroke in some respects that he now is at a, in a place where he can perform and and right when Leverkusen need him, having lost Folland and... It does suggest that, you know, there might not be, you know, that you mentioned, Christoph, that Leipzig weren't flying, but it feels like Leverkusen definitely are. So, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for that. And uh, I think part of that is also good man management.
0: Credit their transfer dealings because in Edmund Topsober, they seem oh, to what have left a, a superb centre-back um, has been signing. a real difference to a, a backline that's perhaps suffered from individual lack of quality in the past.
3: Massively. And I, I think the thing about uh, Tapsoba that I find so impressive is that he is willing to take a few more touches. I feel like a lot of centre-backs in Germany are part of a system where you are there to play... Um, the the diagonal ball and sometimes you play the vertical pass but more often than not you're there just to recycle possession and, and provide security when you have the ball. What I really like about Tapsober is that not only is he good when he doesn't have the ball, when he does have it more often than not he's exposing and marauding into that space that's left in midfield if people don't press him down, uh, close him down or press on him. He's able to maraud into that space and then play the ball out wide. I mean the number of times that he's releasing um, Leon Bailey or or Diaby out wide on the on the wing with fantastic vertical passes is a real benefit to Leverkusen. So it's not just what he offers in defence, but it's also his ability to turn that into attack. And in a Bosch team, that is just you know a perfect match.
0: Question marks over um, David Wagner and Schalke still being a perfect match. Though another disappointing performance, another underwhelming result. One one at home to Hoffenheim, is it too early to uh, write him off again or are Schalke fans right to feel worried that he might be not the answer after all to to their myriad problems? Christoph. I wouldn't
2: say so. Um, obviously, it's it's very difficult for him to um, so- solve uh, all the problems. I think he has uh, um, helped to uh, to turn things around so much. At the beginning of the of the season or in the first half of the season, was a bit lucky, lo- losing a bit of momentum now. But I think we should should wait uh, until next season to decide about uh, d- decide about that because Schalke really needs. Some transfers in the in the next uh, in, in the uh, in, in summer to correct the many mistakes that have been made in, in the past, and they uh, definitely need some somebody up front who or, or somebody from anywhere who is uh, providing more uh, goals
0: well, I would agree with that uh, assessment. I think the problem is more the squad and the lack of quality than than Wagner. However, if they were to lose heavily. Or lose um, uh, in some way or another against Dortmund in a derby which is of course coming up can the pressure on him um, increase and would the club perhaps be liable to lose its nerve once more
3: yeah I mean it, this is Schalke we're talking about anything's possible <laughs> um, I think a derby defeat is would be a real problem um, I think more than that I think a, a disappointing performance in the derby would be a real issue and um, yeah, Christoph's right to say that actually I think you know we got a, a little bit uh, fooled in the first half of the season because Schalke were a little bit lucky and um, they are running out of steam at the moment. I don't know whether Schalke would really think that they should pull the cord, um, but it would be a very Schalke thing to do if they go on uh, a five-game streak now, including the derby where they don't pick up any points. Uh, I think we've got to remember that I think they should just be Trying to stabilize themselves, you know, last season and the season before is such a up and down roller coaster a turn of events. I think you've you've got to just try and stick it out and give David Wagner time. Um, if it doesn't work out over something like two or three seasons, then maybe yes. But what this club really needs is to is to stay stable and to keep things familiar for a while, even if that means that success isn't necessarily forthcoming.
0: Which is exactly the same we could say of Hertha BSC, of course. Um, Stability and success very much uh, missing at this moment in time. However, uh, they've become very good at coming back from uh, going down early in games. Another um, turnaround saw them making up a 2-0 deficit at home to Werder. To escape with a 2 to draw that is probably enough for them as far as their relegation worries is concerned. Uh, the same cannot be said of of vera What do we make of these two teams? Uh, teams? I, f- I feel as if we talk about them every week, but they are huge clubs and they're not really making any sustained progress. Or in the case of Bremen, uh, there's no real sign of things changing for the better.
2: When we talk about Hertha first, I, I, I think they uh, they will be happy when when the season is over. I think they won't end up in the relegation race because they have too many points. I think a very important match for them for the atmosphere within the club will be the local derby in in two weeks time against uh, union but um, the much bigger worries are with um, Werder Bremen. Uh, i mean they already says the um they are aiming now for the uh, a third last place so for the relegation matches against the third of the uh, second division Uh, because they see it's almost impossible to to avoid relegation completely. For me they are a very likely a candidate uh, to, to go down directly because they haven't solved any of their problems it's a club that has a that comes always with a, a, a gets a lot of sympathy from football supporters in in germany it's very much loved in in the Bremen area and it's, it's still a calm club so they they don't have this nervousness and craziness around them that many other clubs would have in this situation but In the end, they haven't solved their problems.
0: They haven't solved their problems, and you wonder if they'd be financially able to absorb the kind of shock, as well, I guess, as as Stuttgart and Hamburg have done, being a much uh, smaller club in terms of the uh, the size of the city and the underlying uh, income, etc. Before I let you go, uh, Christoph, as a citizen of Berlin, I have to ask you, Are you impressed with Hertha's uh, newest cooperation with a submarine squad of the German army? Will that uh, make them uh, sexier and uh, more attractive to to people in Berlin?
2: (laughs) I think every Hertha supporter would be happy if they would just concentrate on playing football and uh, and do it better than they did it in recent weeks i i feel with the with the hertha supporters i know because i know uh, that they are deeply depressed about uh, uh, everything that happened in recent weeks and um, also Submarine or whatever.
3: Is there going to be a new slogan now? We we sink, we dive, we win. Is that is that what's coming?
2: <laughs> I mean, that is 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 a, a a huge invitation for too many jokes. So uh, again, <laughs> <laughs> again. So um, I'm I'm feeling with all the Hertha supporters.
0: Yeah, and we shouldn't we shouldn't rub it in at this point. Um, thank you for. All your contributions. My thanks to Christoph, to Jonathan and to Felix and to you, listener, for listening. I hope you'll join us again next week. Bye-bye.